Okay, back for one more round with this clown. Uh, Takashi 69 that's the most unappreciative, non-thinking, same strategy as person that think he has an invisible big brother by him to protect him like an angel. You know, um, as far as the system being 100% correct is not. 60%, yeah, if not, it wouldn't exist and it got overthrown, okay? So, your formalities of acting like you got an angel on your side now, dude, you don't. You still have to go through the whole guidance of washing what you did off of you, and you're pulling the same stunt. Basically, what I'm saying, you're very non-appreciative of the life that you have now to go and make something better yourself instead of trolling and trying to act like you get to walk the subway and play. You know, you playing. Man, go make you some moves, man. Go make you some moves with people out of the country. Take your light out of this country and go fuck with these people in other countries, man. Canada, fucking uh, Morocco, you know, they, they, they may hit you with the snitch shit too, so <laughs> you better watch what you do personally um you know I, it's, it's, it doesn't make any sense because as far as i'm concerned hip-hop not the term just the aspect of me dealing with it and dwelling a lot of my time outside my jobs and in street character and life character actually helped me live as long as i live because if it wasn't for that i'd be dead or in jail or fat, super fat. I'm already a little chunky, you know what I'm saying? I don't live the active life I used to. I'm in my 50s, so I, I can do that. I, I, can, I can hold on to this and feel good about it because I'm alive. But like I said, I wouldn't be the person I am today if it wasn't for hip-hop music. And I didn't realize this until about mm, maybe five years ago. I was doing an interview in my car, and I was uh, going somewhere, and a guy, he was from England. He asked me, he said, did hip-hop, do you think hip-hop saved your life besides what you used to do in the streets? And I damn that wrecked the car and thought about it like like reality, like, yes, it did. Even though it was me spending my time spending my turntables, learning my records, you know, building my crates and going to pick up the records and, you know, and, and, and doing my taxes. But just that little stunt right there kept me out of a lot of harm's way. Just that and the vibe that I had when I went out. You see what I'm saying? It was like, it was non-threatening. It was more like, don't fuck with me. I, I won't fuck with you type of shit. But when the conversation came around, I always had a, good, a better conversation behind hip-hop and the knowledge that's, you know, that went along with it at that point in time. Which is different than the knowledge that goes with it these day and age. This day and age is a little bit more shallower unless you're really into what you're doing. You know, uh, it's very in-depth and that part is talking analytics and how to recoup off these analytics without people actually paying for your music. You see what I'm saying? That's the gift of your mind these days. It ain't about always selling records. It is about concerts, though, but right now we're in a pandemic. They done came up with the passes to where you can sell online tickets and do your concert. You know, if nobody pays for it, you can still do your concert so that you have faith in yourself and you believe in you. So that's the thing nobody could take from me growing up. I had a lot of people, not really, nobody really put me down. It's being a DJ. That's one thing that did not happen to me. I heard some people say some things weren't the best or it wasn't good at that time. I can, I can take that because I was growing. And even when I got grown, I always knew it was a better spot to grow was more of my characteristics and dealing with business. That's why I didn't shoot for the long run as being like a Jazzy Jeff or a, a DJ Scratch. But in L.A., I made my mark in my time and my era. And see, now there's no really no DJs in L.A. except not even Mustard. Mustard's more known for being a producer. Um, as far as being a DJ DJ, there's a whole nother. There's really nobody out there that stands up in L.A. You, you think in Los Angeles, you think this DJ, you know, those days are pretty much gone. But there are exceptional DJs getting paid lots of good money to sit up and remix and remake and just strategize how to play music. 
and to keep people in a trance while they doing whatever they doing. You know, music is a, is a gift. It's um kind of like sugar in this world. You know what I'm saying? Uh, sugar's in everything. Salt's in everything. You know, basically down there, the air we breathe and the water we drink has some form of salt or sugar up in it unless it's, you know, chemically induced, you know what I'm saying, with these companies. But that's just one of the gifts of the planet. And those two things are the worst for you, too. Sugar, diabetes, and high blood pressure are the, the, the two top killers of all races. You know what I'm saying? And that, that it comes natural with the planet. So, what you think music is? Music is all around. If it wasn't even a form of, uh, like, just go back before the digital era, you know, before they made the first drum with animal skins and, you know, the first guitar, which I think guitar is probably, the guitar and the saxophone, I think, is probably the two of the best instruments ever created. And the drum, you know what I'm saying? But, you know, you can clap your hands and all that. But the guitar, they can reach so many different goddamn angles of making a sound. That's ridiculous. And that's what kind of like the digital age, too, except it's one little one dimensional to me. but that's in your mind you got to bring that out too but totally different story but like i said music it can be a gift and a curse because the sound all around you and every sound is like i said what's good to you ain't good for you you see what i'm saying so noise pollution and you people don't even know they got noise pollution going on in their head you know just uh living in loud areas just being around a lot of loud stuff i remember when i first started djing because i used to go to sleep the same night and when i dreamed all the songs i played be in the back of my head somewhere i used to hate that i just had to sleep like two or three days to make sure it was gone so what happened was when i became a producer i would produce like every fucking day just produce and i would do this three months on i would take three months off completely off back in the street sitting up with the homies doing whatever the fuck we doing Whatever came around the corner in Inglewood, you know what I'm saying? So that's why I had to do that because I, I, I couldn't just flood my life. Because what happens is you end up growing into what you're producing. And you won't figure out how to break doors down to even if you taught. You, you're taught a certain way, a certain format. And what I'm saying is you keep producing, producing. Actually, your format's going to be the same. The only way you can change it is jump on a wave, which brings you down as being a creator. You see what I'm saying? So by me always taking time off, every time I come out with a song or do a song, which I don't even promote my music. It's just like I do it just to, 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 to keep my mind going fresh. And then I do it, and I, 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 as soon as I make the song, I try to throw it out my head, and when I come back, it's brand new to me. I'm like, ah, I did that, okay. Well, I don't like what I did. I rearrange it a little bit better. You know, then I get it totally out of my head, and I go do one of my hobbies. One of my hobbies is fishing, you know what I'm saying? Uh, uh, you know, my boat or anything, you know, just chilling the frick out. You know what I'm saying? But I was supposed to wear fishing today, but man, that six o'clock alarm came, and I told my girl like we going Sunday, and I slept to eleven thirty. <laughs> I don't know why. What game? She slept right on with me. That's just how life gets sometimes. I planned it all out. We done made all the food ready to go. Got the mobile home ready, ready to smash on out. Go back and uh, back the boat up in the little low docks in the ocean, and yeah, you know, I got to put the new fish finder on there. I got the little. Uh, the, the electronical camera that go in the water now. I can see what the frick is really down there, you know. Got the glasses that's supposed to be able to see through the water. Spent a little extra money. <laughs> my ass fell asleep and stayed asleep. That's a good one on me. But, you know, I, I just how I clear my mind. You know, I go there. I go to resort. You know, I go fishing in the lakes and ride my bike up there. You know, just do little things. It ain't all about fame and fortune. I mean, it's only so many parking spots for that, you know. And... To those that are truly blessed, more power to you. Those that con and conjure way into it, 
you better hold on to it. That's all I can say. I ain't the fucking police, so I don't give a damn what you do. Just stay out of my way. Um, but like I said, young man, he don't appreciate nothing that he do. And right now, he's like a kid in the candy store. But he don't see that the people are not really focusing on him like that. They got kids, so you're not their priority. You are when you paying them. You know, they're going to do their job. They're gonna, they, they like, you know, people that's in the tactical alerts love to show off tactical alerts. I don't blame them. You know, like a person that lives with love to show off their muscles. You know, but the circumstances going around right now, the world's changing. And like I said, the the tough guy, you better get a little smart. Because like I said, I went through a change back in uh, like 93. I was from 89 to 92. Mike T was a force to be reckoned with in Los Angeles County as being a DJ and just being a street orientated dude. I always had good logic. I always had good balance when I deal with people, but I didn't take shit too lightly. You know, in 93, I looked up and I figured, you know, I'm going to tell you something. It's a secret to the streets of longevity. Don't make your home in that motherfucker. The names will change to protect what's going on. It's like once you move, it's going to be two spots open. One good, one bad. The bad would always get killed. You don't want to be the bad when they get killed, number one. So what you want to do, and this comes down for people before Crips and Bloods in L.A. The mentality of Crips and Bloods came from these other gangs. That a lot of them are still alive. They still get together. They still have yearly, you know, like uh, hood days and stuff like that. We're talking about the businessmen, the gladiators, the slossers. They ain't as many as it used to be, you know. A lot of them just turned, you know, went back to God or wherever they went. You know, Islam, it doesn't matter. Whatever your balance to keep you going and you keep your progressions going. Just don't put it on nobody else's shoulders and watch when they when they forget everything and all they think about is them. That's when the shit hit the fan. You see what I'm saying? You forget it's, it's a little bit more than you and, 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 and you learning you, you know. But I ain't going to go into all that. But they only did four or five years. Then they went and got a family. That's before all the fame jumped into the streets. You know, fame was for people like uh, Barry White, who was, uh, he was a baby businessman back in the days. So this big and little and baby stuff y'all doing, that stuff goes older than Crips and Blood. So like I said, some things get redundant. But, you know, say if you're in different areas, there's a little different start over kit for you when you join these tactical survival some of it's ignorant, some of it's smart. You know what I'm saying? Of a hustler stage, gangster stage. However you're getting whatever your little off your chest, off your chest. But you're only supposed to do four or five years. So me, I started back in junior high school. But I was always low-key, but everybody knew what my affiliate was. So in high school, I always had the smart classes. I, always stood, I didn't sit with the smart people. I had to sit with the gangsters. I floated in between everybody. I was probably one of the only persons at school smoking uh, weed and cigarettes in high school. I ain't tripping off that. Go to college, same little thing. You know, college is where you're really not supposed to really be gangbanging. That's where you're not supposed to be putting your, unless you have to. That is where you're supposed to really start respect. That's where you, you make or break yourself as college. I actually dad that put myself out of college because my mind went almost went super street. Now, I almost had a bunch of fights in college. I didn't had where the police called me the N word. White police called me the N word, and uh, me and Crips face to face about to go down. But everybody rearranged it in a form of respect, and I found myself almost falling into it. I told myself, "Go do something different." You know, your mind, you, you wrong, you dead wrong. You have to respect college. You know, that's 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 where the make it or break it is. People don't understand that. High school is where you figure out a little bit of your social skills. College is where you put everything into play. It may not come into effect. You may not 
put what you learn in college into. Some people can rightly do it. Some people can't. Me, my college stuff that I learned didn't come into my brain until it affected my life to make me walk that walk and talk that talk. So I got in my thirties. When I was in my twenties, it was basically, it was basically freestyle because there was no set rules of how to do this business. All the independent record companies in L.A. were started going major. So people like the Egyptian Lover, Dream Team, DJ Unknown, which we came up under, Ice-T. Well, Ice-T was one of the first. But um, everybody started going major. Bobcat started DJ for LL Cool J. You know what I'm saying? Dr. Dre finally got away from the radio and started, you know, hooking up with Easy. And then, you know, everything started becoming more of a movement to where when they move, we all kind of move. Not with them, but within our own right of when I offer, or go talk for their offerings there. I took the streets into the clubs. The streets and the club DJs, they were two separate entities. It was, like I always say, it was three entities. You had street DJs, you had club DJs, and you had battle DJs. I took all three and walked into the club. A lot of DJs couldn't follow me there. I tried to get Battle Cat a job in there. It didn't work out right for him because he was more of a battle DJ and a street DJ. He was more a showing out DJ. A, a, a club DJ has to have... Uh, you're like a puppet master. And then with puppet master, believe me, while you playing music in their ears, they're trying to break you down out there to put somebody that they know in your spot. And it's a battle of the wits. You see what I'm saying? That's what life is about. As I say, your college years is where you start figuring and focusing, looking at other races and cultures and how they study. And, you know, coming out of different areas. I came out of Inglewood, and now I'm going to college with people from Torrance, you know, where they got KKK at and people that are from Hawthorne, Gardena, Carson, you know, all the South Bay uh, cities, you know, from L.A. L.A. is like more central. Everything else is considered South Bay. Inglewood partially considered South Bay, too. But Inglewood's so kicked up right next to L.A. It's, it's like ridiculous. You know, that was one, one of the first wars going down was L.A. and, LA and Inglewood. So, uh, you know, Watts is considered L.A. That's just the Watts district of L.A. Like Hollywood is really considered mostly Los Angeles, but eh, eh, it's weird, you know. I ain't going to get into all that. But like I said, college is where you learn to respect, and that's where you your focus come to take you where you need to go. But, you know, everybody's trying to mix and match a little hustler here, a little freak here, a little drug head here, a little, little you know. So you think you, you, the more you gather, the more, the smarter you are. No, the more you gather too fast, the more you break yourself down. And uh, I've always noticed one thing about this business. A lot of late bloomers that I grew up with are the ones holding the highest positions in the music industry now. They didn't get none of the girls in high school. They probably took their cousin to the prom. I'm not joking. <laughs> they still say strange things sometimes on, on the internet. The people they had crushes on back in high school. I'd be looking like, nigga, if you ain't left that shit alone now, we in our 30s and 40s. But I ain't got nothing to say about that. But they hold high positions because you know what, what it is with them? They use persistence. Always not being at the party, being the loudest or the, the most, you know, showing the most money. They know how to go in the corner and say something and be there when a person needs them. Those are those type of people. They're not going to argue back and try to show out. They're going to try to get their check and put it in something more advanced as their kids or their future and stuff like that. And I got to commend them on that. I always kind of looked away because I, I didn't. I wasn't a super popular. I was known by everybody because I was like one of the only DJs in the school in my day. It was a bunch of us, though. You know what I'm saying? But I took a shine more because I was more aggressive because I had the gangster in me. I had the hustler in me. So I took it, you know. 
I took the. St- <laughs> I actually went and, 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 and forced my way to DJ for Ice T. <laughs> when he released his third and fourth record on the unknown. This is in high school, in my high school days. And a few years later, I ended up working with Unknown. I don't know how that happened, you know, but it just, that's what life it took me, you know, me forcing, going home, getting my equipment, just putting it on the stage, forcing the guy that worked in the, the, the auditorium to plug my, I made him plug my stuff up. And I just started mixing in front of everybody. He was looking like, I didn't know he mixed I didn't ask none of y'all. The people who did, did, who didn't, didn't. Even when I DJed the dance, they never looked for to see who the DJ was. And I think nowadays, I think they're like that again. They don't care who's rapping and who's DJing. All they care about is me, 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 me. You know, that's the way I look at it. That's the way I, you know, I don't know, but everybody's considered some type of an artist. You know, art is really inborn. You can be taught art, or it's more, it's more natural. It's a natural thing. Like me, I got, well, I got one good natural gift. It's fading when I get older, but I can touch a lot of electronical or uh, uh, components and 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 learn how to work it without reading the book. I've always been like that. Um, you know, that's just the way I do things. But now since they got YouTube, I don't even try to pressure my brain to figure it out no more. You know, when I like I said, when I get older, it starts fading its own direction. But like I said, you gotta appreciate time is now, even young or old, it's best now not to freelance because the the system itself is getting tight. It's loose now. But like I said, if, if Biden and Kamala Harris get the presidency and he may go back to back and who knows how that works. They're going to start putting screws in extra tight with machinery we don't know about. And I mean, the system is going to, it's going to look cool for a minute. And then you're going to just start seeing different things you don't know. Are you, if you complain because you don't know, then you're an idiot. That's what they want you to do. They want you to jump off the rail and go get this medicine or go get detained up under their uh, logic and control so they can pay themselves for taking care of you. Because that's their job. You know, they got to pay. They, like, you know, it's like. If I'm a uh, executive producer and I rap on the album, I got to pay myself both checks. It, it's a must. You see what I'm saying? You, <laughs> if I put the money down, I have to get paid. Right? I have to recoup my sale money and my writing money. So I, I, I would have to, you know, there's certain things you do. And uh, that's one of the tricks of the trade. But like I said, that young man, he need to really do some soul searching and stop playing and go find him a good spiritual class. And then, uh, like your boy Kanye did when he first fucked up and hopped on stage drunk with Hennessy talking about he thought Beyonce should have won that award. He went to a Buddhist retreat. I thought that was the smartest thing, but I guess, you know, some people are just <laughs> out there. <sighs> a pimple that needs to be popped sometime. <laughs> Hopefully it's a spiritual pop and not a, a physical pop. 